To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. No, I probably had COVID like 74 times. I have no clue and I don't care. Everybody liked Blanche. Because Blanche was a pig who took it in the ass. Did you smell your poop? Did you learn anything? Did you read about the dog story? Why the f*** is my ex-girlfriend who I despise calling me? A lot to blame on the news. It's a lot to blame on Anthony Fauci, that Italian leprechaun. Almost like it never existed, but it fucking did. So do me a favor. Go f*** yourself. Jay here, PositiveSarcasm.com, recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. Like, subscribe, share, donate, PositiveSarcasm.com, slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Go out and check out the affiliate link down below for the Weeble app. Deposit some money. You'll get free stocks in your account, and then I'll get free stocks, and that's one way of supporting this uh, podcast and uh, making a little something for yourself. It's really that simple. Excuse me, questions, concerns, comments. Go to positivesarcasm.com, click on the contact page, and you can email me for anything you may need, whether it be movie reviews, question concerns for uh, if you're a bodybuilder and you need posing music, and if you need my services, or you can email me directly, positivesarcasm at outlook.com. Just put subject matter podcast or whatever service you are looking to uh, get out of me, or if you just simply have any questions. Check out my other channel, Positive Sarcasm uh, Reactions for music and stuff. Uh, feel free to enjoy me. That's like almost 200, uh, 200, 230 subscribers since I started it on a part-time channel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, where are we starting today? I've got one little thing to go after, and then I'm going to probably devote most of this podcast to this one subject about uh, about that, about AI. And then maybe if uh, we got a little time left over, we'll do some uh, Q&A. But first, we got to start here. Round Shatani Phil, ladies and gentlemen. But above all else, I see a shadow on my stage. And so, no matter how you measure, it's six more weeks of winter weather. Boy, the climate change activists are going to be pissed. How's that global warming now? Huh? Six more weeks. It's going to be fucking... You know it's going to be like negative 10 by 7 a.m. tomorrow morning? Here in... Okay. There's going to be a polar vortex that's coming through here. And the temperature is going to go from 30 degrees at 4 a.m. To 10 degrees at 7 a.m. And then by 10 a.m., it's going to be below zero. And then by the next morning, it's going to be negative 10 to negative 15 in some parts of the state. Hmm. I wonder, are we entering the next ice age? What did we do to cause it? The fuck out of here. Anyways, um, actually, I did have some... Uh, I did have some what is it? Instagram reactions I wanted to pop onto. Um, let me see here. I just figured I'd throw that out there in your face. Look at that. It's that cute. Hold on. I got... Let me just close out of that real quick. 
It's been a good, um, it's been a pretty busy freaking week. I'm really trying to get some shit done here. Uh, the Project Veritas stuff, if you want to go ahead and check out everything that Project Veritas is up to lately, they're really dropping some bombshells about the, uh, that Pfizer director that pretty much flipped his shit and attacked James O'Keefe the other day. Um, bitten pretty interesting over there. I can't, I don't have enough brain power to really stump to, uh, go through that with you, uh, this week. Too, too fucking exhausting right now. But I do have some uh, do have some Instagram reactions I want to get to because there's some fun there's some really funny stuff <laughs> that's been sent to me. So let's go ahead and check out this stuff. Lerlinay. We've got sexy, beautiful, available women and hot, hunky guys to introduce you to tonight. Hi, I'm Pamela, and I like to party. Hi, my name's Brian. I play baseball. I like jet skiing, water skiing. If you're the girl for me, I'll run the Hi, my name is Tasha. I like to party, and I like to dance. And if you're the man for me, call me. Hi, I'm Sunny. My name is Samantha. Basically, I like men that are a lot of fun. My criteria is that you need to call me. Hi, I'm Kenny, and I need a girl that doesn't just like me because I'm in the band. Hi, my name is Asia. I'm pretty wild and crazy. Hi, my name's Kamisha, and I like a man who can exercise his mind, body, and heart when he's training with me. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sasha, so if you like what you see and you think you got what I need, please call me. Hi, I'm Tracy. Hi, my name is Paulina, and you think you can keep up with me? Give me a call. Hi. 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 Call me. Give me a call. Hi, I'm Tracy. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh, that's fucking good. <laughs> Can we watch that again? Hi, I'm Laura Lene. We've got sexy, beautiful, available women and hot, hunky guys to introduce you to tonight. Hi, I'm Pamela, and I like to party. Hold on. Pamela. Pamela, Pamela looks like she's she's over a hundred thousand miles. My name's Brian. I play baseball, I like jet skiing, water skiing. Fly ball to Gita. Two back straight. If you're the girl for me, I'll run the extra mile for you. Give me a call. Hi, my name is Tasha. Tasha's a pig. I like to party and I like to dance. And if you're the man, I like to dance. And for me, call me. Hi, I'm Sunny. My name Sunny's okay. My name is Samantha. Samantha's got problems. Basically, I like men. <laughs> oh, there's Kenny again. That are a lot of fun. My criteria wait, wait. is. There we go. Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. You see this eye? Straight. You see this eye? Not straight. That you need to call me. Hi, I'm Kenny. Kenny. I'm sorry, Kenny. <laughs> and I need a girl that doesn't just like me because I'm in the band. Hi, my name is Asia. I'm pretty. Asia. Pretty wild and crazy. Hi, my name's Kamisha. And I like. That's Kamisha. She's white. A man who can exercise his mind, mind body, body, and heart when he's training with me. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Sasha. I don't know what that was all about, but we're moving on. So if you like what you see and you think you got what I need, please call me. Hi, I'm Tracy. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Alright. We're moving on. Hi, my name is Paulina. And you think you can... Paulina? Keep up with me? Paulina's post-op. Give me a... Post stop, Paulina. Pop. Come. Hi. Give me a car. Give me, give me a call. All right, we're done with this. Hi, I'm Tracy. 
Uh, all right, what else we got going on here? Oh, sweet. As we move with God, His power lies within, giving us the strength to conquer and to win. He's got all these able men, His love and grace provides. Now we put that truth within our hearts and walk with all God's might. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Moving on. What else we got? Ooh, gender reveal. What could possibly go wrong with a big fucking balloon and a flame underneath it, indoors, surrounded by a bunch of other balloons? You know this isn't going to end well because it's on Instagram. <laughs> it's an abortion! <laughs> Fucking great. Alright, one more. And then I want to move on. You were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this sin, not join them! Bring balance to the force! Not leave it in darkness! <laughs> Ah, oh, it's fucking great. It's the best thing to come out of that Star Wars seri series was the freaking... Oh. <laughs> was the memes. Ah, oh, shit. That's pretty funny. All right. Mm. Sorry. Filling up with water. All right. Well, that's 10 minutes of your uh, life you'll never get back. Let's move on to some uh, some smart people shit. I want to talk about AI and how it's taking over the uh, tech tech space and quite possibly could be costing people their jobs. But let's get – let me close out a Punxsutawney Phil here. And I just want to give you breaking points because they got like a four-minute piece here just to kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Now, what is OpenAI? What is ChatGPT? Let me see if I can piece this together in my own shitty little podcast here. Big news in the world of ChatGPT and journalism. A lot of people are talking about this. Let's put this up there on the screen. BuzzFeed announcing that it will increase the use of ChatGPT to create listicles and content after cutting 12% of its workforce. The stock is up a staggering 146%. I think the wow. first case of ChatGPT genuinely replacing a white collar workforce. It's an interesting one, uh, I think, to say the least. Here's the problem, though. What have we already covered? And I guess with BuzzFeed, the stakes are low. Some bullshit listicle about here's the 12 things or whatever uh, that say that you're which Harry Potter house you're in. I'm Slytherin, by the way. I have a Slytherin scarf. Uh, what does that tell you, though? Which is when the stakes are low, I think it's fine. Already CNET and uh, what was it? CNET and Bankrate have had to suspend the use of ChatGPT when writing articles because it was getting basic facts wrong. Yeah. So it's one of those where and look, maybe it'll get there. I think it's going to be a titanic and a very difficult struggle to genuinely do. Also because, you know, factual journalism in the way that you they're considering it in Silicon Valley, that is already essentially commoditized and is already concentrated to the AP, Reuters, and Bloomberg. 
you don't need you know like none of us are suffering or uh, like mass employment does not exist to say x event happened that's already outside mm. what the real business is and being like what does this mean let's string like six things together and tell a story that's what most pe things in the new york times are it's not just news it's context that's a lot of what we do uh over here as well can ai replace that maybe you know i'm not gonna say no i've been amazed at the technology so far but i also you have to recognize the limitations when you play with yeah. it you see the limitations really really clearly there you go i was yeah. i was looking online actually there was um if you ask it what is the most cited economic paper in history, I think that's the question. Uh -huh. It actually returns to you a paper that does not exist oh, wow. by real economists, huh. but economists who did not, you know, maybe they worked together, but they did not write this paper. And then they're claiming that this paper was the most cited economics paper in history. And so yeah. there is a whole analysis actually online of yeah. the way that the AI would arrive right. at like inventing this paper. but. This is just an example to show you that there's still a lot of failings and a lot of weaknesses in this. And again, if you ask it to do something for you, that becomes extremely clear, extremely quickly. So my guess is BuzzFeed was already planning to cut these jobs with or without ChatGPT, to be honest with you. I mean, there are mass media layoffs uh, at a lot of news outlets across the country and um, you know, a lot of stock rewards for laying off those worker workers ultimately. So, uh, you know, we'll see if this works out for their little listicle creation business, but I think it also shows you the level of sort of respect that they have for their audience and mm -hmm. commitment they have to the uh, integrity of the listicle creation process, I guess, as well. Just churn and burn. And burn. Yeah, it's just yeah, churn and burn. It's very 2012. It that's why the company failed. True. It had nothing to do with the journalists. It's just a shit crap business model. That's really what it's all about. It's not what people want at all, but, you know, good luck on your views. I hope it works out, especially when ad rates are down by like 45%. We'll see you guys later. Hey, guys. So um, when they talk about an artificial intelligence that is replacing as far as like questionnaires or top 10 articles or just stupid, just articles in general, whether they are like, you know, the top 10 Mustangs that'll bankrupt your freaking bank account or whatever or whatever. And they say that it was riddled with inaccuracies. It's like what journalism paper right now or news network mainstream news network isn't riddled with inaccuracies or forced retractions or exaggerations of the truth or misdirected op-eds op it's like well what's the difference between what chat what they're doing right now already in these mainstream net uh, platforms as opposed to chat gpt the idea is to just create content it doesn't matter whether you're right or wrong you're just trying to get this stuff out there in order to skew a narrative, in order to push a narrative or skew something. It doesn't really matter. And obviously, maybe the narrative isn't paying off like they thought it would. They're not getting the views like they used to. Um, they can't afford to hold staff. So are they using ChatGPT to kind of revive the business or just to kind of, well, now we can use this instead of the, the employees that we had writing these bullshit articles so we can get rid of them. And the only way, the only way we can, we can tread water, excuse me, I almost died on some fucking water I was choking on. The only way they could tread water is to continue to push out bullshit articles. Now, you remember, these articles stay in the algorithm forever. They stay out there. Once you create the article, unless it's been flagged or blocked or whatever, that article, article's out there forever. So you can create 50 shitty articles 
they're going to be out there and they're going to add weight to that narrative forever. That was the whole point is that one side of the political spectrum didn't have enough media, news coverage, stuff like that out there. So when you go out and look something up, it was all one narrative. It was all one side of the story if there was a story or if the facts were real. But it was all one-sided. That started to change a little bit and the algorithm, no matter how you know, how matter how biased the algorithm is, it was it has kind of it is shifting a little bit. But which these a lot of like bad articles being written out there. What would it make a difference whether a human's writing a bad article with filled with inaccuracies, or an introductory AI system that, uh, filled with inaccuracies? What difference does it make? You're making content and it costs you nothing, if anything at all. It costs you nothing or very very little. Excuse me. So. Um, what they point out is there. there's a lot of what-ifs there. They don't give you – Crystalline Sagar didn't give you a very pinpointed uh, thought process on it. it they just kind of left it open. It was like these are some of the possibilities. It was very good – it's a very good few minutes there of what BuzzFeed is doing. Now, BuzzFeed has been doing some shitty stuff lately. They – their original owners, I believe, are gone. They don't have any – they don't value any of their employees there. So basically – this was only a matter of time before they were sought out. They were no longer... I mean, there's too many networks out there at this point. Um, so, and BuzzFeed's not seen as an accurate news source. So basically, just to tread water, they're just going to use ChatGPT to fill in the gaps. Now, how long is that going to last? Well, in my opinion, probably not very long. Um, but what is ChatGPT, if you're not aware of it? It's basically, it's an open AI it's an AI that's been worked on for quite some time. It has, um, according to Wikipedia, it basically has all of human language in, built into it. Um, with you know, it, it's I don't know if you'd want to call it like a carefully baked cake that's still in the oven, or if you want to call it like a big boiling pot of stuff that's just being thrown together to see if it produces anything. Um, I'm not sure. I know it has its limitations, but what you're seeing on the internet right now designed by AI or by extremely powerful processing uh, computers or algorithmic sources, the stuff that's out there right now is concerning, especially if it's abused. Um, and remember that these AIs, I mean, people say that AI doesn't have a bias. It's like, well, if it's created by man, then why wouldn't it have a bias? It's based on facts or values, but it's input. It's an input of facts and values. It's the facts according to the designer. Okay, so that if that's built into the algorithm, then that it is an AI. It is an artificial intelligence, but it's an artificial intelligence with a built-in programmed bias. Even if it was if it was to become sentient, it would still have a bias. Now, it would learn based on its environment, grow a bias based on its environment. I just think to the extremes that it would utilize itself, it would go far beyond the bias and then just go house on us. I still think of it as a, I still think of as a, um, of an open AI, like an actual full-blown unrestricted AI as a Skynet type of device where once it essentially gets its hands on the power structure that is the, the, the planet, we no longer are of any value. We are seen as in the way. Excuse me. 
So to break it down, what is the? It was launched in November 30th of 2022. San Francisco-based company called AI, uh, called OpenAI, the creator of the DAL E2 and Whisper. The service was in, uh, launched initially. Uh, it was initially launched as initially free to the public. This is on um, Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, with plans uh, initially free to the public, with plans to monetize it later. By December 4th, OpenAI estimated ChatGPT already had 1 million users. CNBC wrote on December 15th that the service still goes down from time to time. The service works best in English, but it's also able to function in uh, some other languages to varying degrees of success. Unlike other high-profile advances in AI, as of December 2022, there is no sign of an official peer-reviewed technical paper about ChatGPT. According to OpenAI guest researcher Scott Aronson, OpenAI is, a, is working on a tool to attempt to watermark its text generation systems so as to combat bad actors using their services for academic plagiarism or spam. The New York Times relayed in December 2022 that the next version of GPT, GPT-4, has been rumored to be launched sometime in 2023. In February of 23, OpenAI began accepting registrations from United States customers for a premium service, GPT+. To cost $20 a month, OpenAI is planning to release a chat GPT professional plan that costs $42 a month, and the free plan is available when the demand is low. Um, I know that right now chat GPT is being banned at some corporations. It's being banned in, I believe, the University of Texas or the University of Austin or some Texas college. I know there is significant concern about how is it going to overtake the uh, white collar tech environment. I mean, the BuzzFeed thing was whether it was accurate or it was an excuse to fire the employees is, in my opinion, it's neither here nor there because the idea that it's being utilized as, a, as an excuse and at all is a factor. And if it can write these bullshit articles, then to me, it does its job just as well as a human being at least if you're working for BuzzFeed. The huge question is, what is it going to do to Google, to Amazon Web Services, to um, any other, you know, to Apple or whatever, to all these other large tech platforms? How is it going to help them or how is it going to hurt them? In my opinion, I could see this potentially helping Google um, in such a way where if they can afford to purchase it, or combat it, or beat it, or it's being used in conjunction with our search engine. However, Google is essentially the most powerful search engine in the world right now. Bing is not even on its level, and other search engines like Akos, uh, Echo Asia, whatever it's called, what is it called? Hold on. Um, so DuckDuckGo, which is essentially a slave to Microsoft, and then you have EcoAsia, which is a like an eco search engine. And then, of course, you have the Brave search engine, which is the one I use. Um, Google is still by far the largest. Now, the question is, is a Google search engine with its built-in algorithm and its uh, questions of censorship versus is it going to hold up versus a chat GPT based search engine with its algorithm. The thing is, is like all kingdoms crumble. 
you have to ask yourself, it's like, man, Kmart was huge back in the day. Sears was huge back in the day. MySpace was huge back in the day. They're all gone. Kmart's almost non-existent. Sears, it's on his last leg. You know, I mean, if you don't remember what happened to Ames or, 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 um, the hell was the name of that another department store i remember they were very they're gone i can't remember them that's how gone they are and then ames disappeared and then of course myspace was like the first huge social media app wasn't even an app but the first social media website and then literally as quick as it rose facebook came along within a few years myspace was nothing everybody abandoned it and went over to facebook and then the next thing you know myspace was was just gone it was obliterated and there's so many other and same thing with blockbuster gone there's so many kingdom there's so many kings of the castle that used to roam back in the day that were worth hundreds of millions and billions of dollars they're all gone people think these companies are going to be for be around forever it's just not the case it's not all kingdoms crumble in some fashion they either evolve or they crumble and look at Facebook. Look at uh, Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. They're on. They are at. And they've already peaked. Like Metaverse tanked. Snapchat got beaten up by Facebook, and now even now Facebook has has peaked and it is now starting to lose revenue. It's losing followers. Um, the censorship issue, of course, is popping up. No different for Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, or excuse me, Meta. How long are they going to last before something else takes their place? What is going to take their place? Is Twitter going to rise up and beat them out? Is another social media network going to rise above um, and just be better? That's it. All that has to show up is something better. Something better, a better product, a better service uh, has to come out, and then that's it. These things are finished. Chat GPT might be that one thing that takes out the Google search engine. And if it takes out the Google search engine, essentially less traffic through the Google website means less revenue, less data. So less, less data means less revenue. Nobody's going to that nobody's going to um, that site anymore. Well, and that's the end of it. I know that, that, that Google has its hands in everything, but those roots quickly recede. Uh, once the well starts to dry up, and it can dry up pretty quickly. Now, unlike you know Google, Apple, Apple has been around for a very long time. They've survived many a drought. I mean, if you think about it, in the early, very very early 80s, Apple came out with the Apple II computer, which was an amazing piece of technology. Played Oregon Trail, you know, disk drives and all this other stuff. And then it came out with the Apple II GS. And that was an amazing piece of technology. That was in like there was one of those in like every classroom. And then finally, towards the end of the 80s, Microsoft came along, created Windows, and then the next thing you know, Apple products by the, you know, by the time the Macintosh started to roll out uh, in the early 90s, Apple was on its way down because they were seen as too expensive not as user-friendly, and Apple and Microsoft-based or PC-based computers were becoming more accessible, cheaper, uh, more they were more available in the office, they had, a good, they had a good structure to them, and the next thing you know, Apple, they fired 
Steve Jobs. They were down to about $6 a share, and they had no style. They had no value. They were just another computer maker with this shitty OS that nobody liked. But they somehow survived all that, whereas other companies didn't. And Steve Jobs came back. He gave them a theme. He gave them a look. He gave them a style. He pushed it to a certain audience. It's like those those sob-driving architects. It's like, oh, well, you don't want just some blue-collar you know, Packard Bell or Tandy computer, you know what you need? You need an iMac. You need an iMac. You need something cool with like a, with like a, an orange color backing or, or one of those MacBooks. You need something like that. Yeah. You know, so that became like this style type of thing. And then the PowerBook G4, the PowerBooks came out and the, the uh, desktop versions came out. Those, those fucking Power Macs, those, they were all stylish and, and interesting. And then the iPhone became a th- the iPod and the iPhone became a thing. And Steve Jobs just kept kept pushing that interesting innovation, that style, and everybody had to have the newest and, and, and the most stylish shit. They didn't care how much it cost. And he reinvented themselves. He reinvented that company um, to the point where the iPhone essentially just became the same goddamn thing it was every single year, but people had to have it. They had to have it. So, but what is the next, what's the next thing for them? I mean, they, after, shortly after that, now they've created, I mean, Apple now doesn't even use Intel anymore. They don't use Intel. They don't use AMD. They don't use ARM. They literally, or they do that. No, they create their own processors now. These super fast processors. They brought everything in-house to cut costs down. And their computers are, I mean, they are amazing. Don't get me wrong. Um, they're still hyper expensive. How long does that last? How long before there's a, br- a huge break in new computer technology? Because at this point, computers are so fast, so powerful, so durable, and so cheap. I mean, I was looking at fifth, uh, eighth gen i5s today, and you could get them through Dell for $150. And these things are workhorses that you can do a ton with. But $150 gets you a full-blown office computer? That's incredible. So why for $150 would I spend any why would I spend more money? Like I'm talking like between $1,000 and $2,000 on an Apple computer when for 150 bucks I could just throw this in my book bag and be on my way. You know? So the question is why and for how long? Does Apple want to be like this Ferrari or Bugatti type of, you know, computer company where everything is, it's all about style, it's all about the look, it's all about having that that cup of Starbucks coffee in your hands? Is that what it's about when you own one of these devices and you rock one of these devices? And uh, at the end of the day, it's just a self, I mean, it's just a, 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 it's just a, a, a piece of computing power that requires... Uh, slave labor to build the batteries inside of it. So, what else is it? I won't hate the look. I won't. I don't hate on the look. I don't hate on its use. But I do find that a lot of the times the limitations of using an Apple product is somewhat frustrating. I do find, without a shadow of a doubt, the uses I can get out of an app, a Windows-based computer, especially the Windows 7 one, which is, I mean. 
absolutely amazing. Uh, the limit there, there's no limitations. I can essentially do whatever I want. You can use and, the, and all products are built for it. So it's like, why would you? Why would I want to do it? Why would I want to switch to Apple at this time when you have to create all your accounts through them and stuff? So how? But the thing is, is right now people are still buying through Apple. There's not massive layoffs right now. But what is? How is ChatGPT or a major open AI software going to? push some of these larger push on some of these larger tech corporations is it through their technology or is it through is it through out competing via technology or is it through out competing basically saying you don't need this many employees anymore you can ditch this many chat gpt at its prime will take care of this and then you don't need that whole division anymore you can essentially just run this thing on a server and you're good to go it's a it's very, very interesting how this is going to turn out. It's, it is, this to me is, do I see it as a threat? I see it as a lot of things, and a threat is one of them. So ChatGPT, according to Forbes, they have an article, ChatGPT erupts, wars erupt as Google and Microsoft race to market with a, with their own AI bot. OpenAI starts charging $20. So the alarm bells have been going off uh, at Google ever since the clever chatbot, ChatGPT, landed on the scene November 30th and went viral, dazzling users with its ability to answer queries. Even though they may not be right, write code, even though the code may not work, and create content. But you know, you, you get teams of people writing code, you could just possibly get rid of them. Like, for example, if you had, like, uh, back in the early, the early 2000s, I, I worked for a health insurance company. One kid came in, one kid came in, developed a macro that ran all of these very small reports that you do very quickly. And before you know it, all these reports were shipped overseas and we never saw them again. He essentially built a macro, a little tiny macro that you run and it does all the reporting, all the quality checks for you. And the next thing you know, all this documentation was gone. That you, all this processing, I mean, that's... A couple employees gone just like that stuff got outsourced because of an algorithm because of a formula because of a macro what chat chat gpt takes that little idea and then flip and then just runs with it at lightning speed so obviously if a little macro can eliminate the need for purchasing extra purchasing these employees or utilizing this employee's time we're doing this task chat gpt is going to take it to another level all the astonishing things ChatGPT can do, its beta version is not connected to the internet, so while it can tell you what to wear to ace an interview, it's not able to drive commerce into stores where you can buy the actual outfit. Enter the search giant seeking to become first movers. CNBC has learned that Google is testing a chatbot rival called Apprentice Bard based on Google's Lambda a con Lambda conversational technology to offer question and answer search. Since December, the company has been operating under Code Red with its chief engineer officer, Sundar Pichai, enlisting founders Larry Page and Sergey Brin to advise on the speeding AI-powered search products to, according, to market, according to the New York Times. In January, the company began reorganizing with mass layoffs to align with its new priorities. Oh. 
So Google did lay off employees. How many employees did Google lay off? Let's find out. Because I think I spoke about this and I maybe, let's see, Google, let me just type in layoffs and let's find out how many it was again. Just so I, I, I check myself, I want to correct myself if there was. Um, Google layoffs, 12,000 employees. Google tech cost cutting costs. So yeah, that it will, Alphabet plans that they're, they're going to be trimming more costs and more layoffs are to come, but so far over 12,000 employees. Moving back to the article. All right. In January, the company began a reorganization with mass layoffs to align with its new priorities. This comes as Microsoft announced on January 23rd its third round of investment in ChatGPT creator OpenAI in a million, a multi-billion-dollar deal. The software plans to integrate generative AI technology across its Azure cloud platform and scale supercomputing breakthroughs. The company is also planned to release version four, as we talked about, uh, of its Bing search engine in the coming weeks. According to Semaphore, which is expected to be faster and more powerful than GPT, a GPT-3 model. Others planning to release AI bots services next month include Chinese internet search giant Badu, according to Reuters, and Silicon Valley-based enterprise software platform C3.ai, which boosted its stock price on January 31st when announced that it will be unveiling its own generative AI tool at the C3 Transform Conference Room in Boca Raton, Florida on March 7th. So... All these companies are racing to get something out there so that they can keep up. So now the war begins. Now the race war, the race wars, now the wars, the AI's wars begin because every company is racing to get something up out there and advertise it. And that means that people can get their hands on it and test it and use it to their will. And what's going to become of it? And does the AI learn, and how does it learn, and then how does it apply that learning information to the users that are using it, for better, for worse? How does that work? Which AI, How do we know which AI bots that we're putting out there are safe? Which, how do we know that they have restrictions to keep, quote, keep them in their digital cage? We don't know this stuff. We have no idea. We literally just went through a pandemic because we were playing God with... Uh, playing god with shit in a cage we fucked up and it got out it killed and supposedly killed millions of people and now we're fucking with something that digitally can has the same has the same reach as a gain of function virus so how are we to eliminate this there's no vaccines for a fucking ai that's not how this works so what's going to happen after this? Where's it going to go? Um, remember, it's it's digital. So even if you cut it off, or if OpenAI actually pulls the plug on it, there's no there's no guarantee that it's just going to stay there. If it's able to multiply and essentially put it move from place to place, if it feels like it's a threat at its home quarters, it's going to pull a freaking uh, HAL 9000. And you're never going to be able to defeat it. It's essentially going to become Ultron with other Ultron potential Ultrons out there. There's so many ways this can go wrong. I mean, if this open AI chat GPT starts chatting with C3's AI and they start talking, what's going to become of that? What's it going to con- what is what's the plan there? 
What if they start teaming together and they start making articles? Or they protect weather forecasts, or they protect the stock market, or they convince a mass population of people that bad things are going to happen. I, I don't know, but what they're talking about and the potential of this getting out of control is not a matter of if, but a matter of when. I'm wondering if this is the rise of something much, much bigger. I just don't know exactly what it is. I just can tell you this. If it's an actual AI software that has access to all the information from hu from hu the very beginning of human evolution until now, and it can read multiple languages, and it can talk to you in multiple languages, and it can design articles, it could design fake uh, artificial intelligence photographs, it can convince you that it might be real in some way, shape, or form. If it can be capable of doing all these things, Who's to say it doesn't become a sentient and whatever that means and has its way? Um, negative. The Verge, James, the Verge's James Vincent saw the viral success of ChatGPT as evidence that artificial intelligence has gone mainstream. Journalists and co have commented on ChatGPT's tendency to, quote, hallucinate. Mike Pearl of Mashable tested ChatGPT with multiple questions. In one example, he chatted for ChatGPT for the largest country in South Central America and that he asked, Chat, he asked Chat GPT for the largest country in Central America that isn't Mexico. It responded with Guatemala, while the answer is instead Nicaragua. Okay. Well, maybe you need to feed it a fucking geography map and it'll figure it out. So, here's the thing. it's We have, we have public figures that we ask the same questions, and they either don't know or they lie. So, what makes this any different? So obviously it has concerns. It, cybersecurity is a huge rich risk, and humanity needs to pay extra special attention to how this takes over the, the stratosphere in the United States and in the world. Because I don't think, I personally don't think, that it's a good thing to have this out there uh, just kind of paving its own way. So... Uh, we are at almost 41 minutes. We're going to close up for this week. Uh, go ahead and get this up to everywhere where podcasts are available, any audio format, whether it be Spotify, RR Radio, TuneIn, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, uh, and then, of course, available on Substack now. And then, of course, if you want to see the video version, it's available on Rumble and on Facebook.com slash POS Sarcasm. So questions, concerns, comments, you can email me at my website in the contact section, or you can email me directly, sarcasm at Outlook.com. In the meantime, we are done for today. Thank you guys for listening, watching, and subscribing. And I'll talk to you all next week. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio. This has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.